Chris raises it and I lower it. Take a deep breath. Um, oh, yeah. Exhale. Thanks for reminding us of that, Dan. Listen, I do believe that that word of the Lord there, um, it's not time for panic. But you never want to not respond when the Lord calls you to battle. So I have a, a few things on my heart. Actually, Chris and I were doing this with Tim, Pastor Tim. We're doing a kind of a three-way texting this afternoon. I was doing my income taxes. I don't know what you were doing, brother. But, um, you know, when he said that Elizabeth, he'd never seen her with pain like this. I knew I had to put my taxes down and start walking the house praying in tongues. And I did. So then, uh, anyway, I want to say some things to you that are just kind of... Pastor Tim asked, I asked... Tim, I said, well, could we just worship and then just have this prayer meeting? And he wrote back and said, I would like somebody to speak the word for a little while and then, yes, pray. So um, I think that was wise. So we can put some context to our prayers here in just a few minutes. But here we go. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I've had a little bit of difficulty reconciling this thing called prayer and the will of God, spiritual warfare, all these things. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter because we may not be in a, in a crisis. And, that, that's, and that's true. But then when you do get in a crisis, you better know what you're doing and how to do it. And what I want to suggest to you is, uh, remember in Ecclesiastes where he says, there's a time for war. And there is a time for peace. You don't want to fight in peacetime, nor do you want to sit there quietly in wartime. You want to do the right thing at the right time. And I'm suggesting that as, as I've, I just feel like the Lord's been opening a few things to me recently. I'm suggesting that there is a partnership with God that we do not fully recognize that he is asking us to walk in it. Therefore, and I was just reminded of, of Exodus 14, and you know the story. Um, Moses has led Israel across... Oh, I'm sorry. It's led them, is leading them out of Egypt. The ten plagues have just happened. Pharaoh told him, you can go, and they take off. But Pharaoh has a change of mind, you remember. And so then Pharaoh and his armies start chasing them. Remember? And Israel walks up to the edge of the Red Sea. And, and then they have the Red Sea on one side, and they turn and they see Pharaoh coming with his armies on the other side. And the scripture says they get freaked out. Well, it doesn't say it like that, but it says, and they were terrified. I would be terrified too. Unless we walk in the Israelite sandals, we don't know how terrified they were. But I'm just saying, they were terrified. And so it says they cried out to the Lord. Okay, isn't that the, wouldn't that be the obvious response to cry out to the Lord? But I want you to hear 
because I'm going to put I'm going to put a two and a two together here, and hopefully we'll walk out of here with four. But um, I'm, so they cry out to the Lord. Well, a few verses later, um, Moses is talking to the people. And he's saying, "Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You're going to see the salvation, the deliverance of the Lord." And he and then and then the Lord speaks again, and he speaks to Moses, and he says, "Moses, why are you crying out to me?" Now I think it's referencing himself plus all of Israel. Of course, I, if I was Moses, I'd be crying out too. Because not only is it his own life, but he's responsible for a couple of million people as well. He says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Okay, I don't get that. Because there's water on one side and the bad guys are on the other. But there's something to that that I want to relate to you today about partnership. And what I want to what I want to share with us as we get ready to pray in just a couple of minutes is I I'm kind of you know this another scripture uh crossed my mind just within this last month also that I'm totally astounded at and I can't and I, it's not like I have it figured out but remember when Jesus went to his his own hometown he went to Nazareth and the scripture says, literally, the scripture says he could not do many miracles there because their unbelief. And what I'm suggesting to us tonight is, is the Lord has, has chosen to partner with us, therefore he needs us. Now that's a philosophical religious question. He needs us, he doesn't need us. He needs us, he doesn't... In other words, people of God can argue that all they want, but I'm suggesting that the Lord has chosen to partner with and he has chosen to utilize us in bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. And I'm suggesting that we are necessary. I want to say it again. I'm suggesting that we are necessary. I'm going to say it one more time. I am suggesting that we're necessary. He, I don't know, he could snap his fingers, he can do anything, he owns it all, but somehow, and I don't want to try and talk about this, but somehow he gave the earth and stewardship to Adam, and Adam gave it away in the garden. You understand what I'm saying? Adam gave it away in the garden. Jesus has regained it, but somehow the same delegation that he gave to Adam, he's still utilizing today so that we are here to enforce what he accomplished on the cross and in going into the grave. Do you hear me? We are here to enforce what he has accomplished when he went to the cross and into the grave. I don't know why he chose to do this. If I was God, and it's a good thing I'm not, but I'm just saying, he he could just snap his fingers. But when he delegates something to man, I think he's going to get it back by by man again. This time, when he won it on the cross, he's not handing that authority to to people as a whole. He's handing it to the believers. So now I'm suggesting that faith matters. God help us. Um, I don't know how many, boy, I don't know how many times I've read this 
and only and yet read it for the first time. This is Hebrews chapter 4. Chapter 3, he's talked about um, that the Israelites had failed to enter into the rest of God. Therefore, chapter 4 now, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of us be found to fall short of it. Okay, now listen, here's verse 2. For we also have had the gospel, now listen, for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. Now, can I draw the parallel there for a second? We also, like Israel, have had, the gospel is just another, another way of saying good news. We also have had good news preached to us just like Israel had good news preached to them. Okay. Now he's, he's going to say a little more. We also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. And I went, oh Lord, there has to be something about faith that empowers the kingdom of God and the believer. There, ha- I don't know what it is. I can tell you this much. I have begun praying for the gift of faith. The, the first Corinthians chapter 12 gift of faith. I've begun praying for that. Because there has to be something about faith that actually empowers the things that he's already won and we are supposed to enforce. Do you hear me? All right. One story. Now I'm going to tell you an old story. So that means I hesitated to tell you the story because I've told this before. And so some of you have heard this, but some of you haven't. So this process of prayer, of God teaching me about prayer, I started in the mid-80s. And I used to, if it wasn't bitter cold, I would climb the mountain overlooking Telluride in Colorado, and I would pray over my city every Saturday night. If I didn't climb the mountain, I'd walk the streets. If I, if it was too cold to be outside, I would walk the dark sanctuary, usually between 10 and midnight, somewhere right in that window of time. And what I am getting ready to tell you, um, I brought that, I don't know what to call it, tradition? Tradition's not the right word, but I, I brought that habit. Mm, I'll take that. I brought that habit to San Marcos with me. Every Saturday night, 17 years in Telluride, and I'd been here for a few years. Here's the story. One night before this building was ever built, our church used to meet in the gymnasium of the school building. And one night, as was my normal Saturday night habit, I was really late this time, though. It was like 1 a.m., and I hadn't even gotten to the gym yet to walk and pray in the dark. And so uh, when I finally did get to the gym, and I'm walking the the circle in, in the dark gym, just the entryway light in front of the church office was on. And so there's just a little bit of light in the whole room. 
And so as I'm walking, I am not interested in prayer. I am complaining. And so I'm walking circles, and for about five or ten minutes, I, I, sometimes I think God gets tired of me. But anyway, I'm walking circles. I'm saying that facetiously. I'm, I know. Okay. So I'm walking those circles, and I'm not praying. I'm really just kind of complaining. And finally, in frustration, because I've had this habit probably close to 20 years by that point, and so in, in close to frustration, I can tell you exactly where I was in the gym, and I'm walking on, on that side, and the, of course the chairs are all set out in the middle, and as I pass up the one wall, something, I had just prayed this prayer, I, just, I had just said these words, God... Do I always have to do this warfare stuff? And something flashed in front of my eyes. I didn't know what it was. You know, I'm thinking, did I just see something spiritual? Did I just, I didn't know what I, but I want you to know I instantly had the motivation to pray. My adrenaline was pumping. I was not tired. And I was watching this, the, I'm looking up the whole time. And so now I am walking about three times faster than I was before. And I'm watching the, the, the top of the, the ceiling of the building. And I am motivated to pray. Well, after a couple more laps, it flashes in front of my face again. And then I think, what is that? And I don't know if I'm seeing something in the spiritual realm or not. So anyway, I go to the closet, open the closet door. I flick on the lights. Well, those they're the old kind of lights. Nick, what are they that take five minutes or ten minutes to warm up? Okay, whatever. It's those kind. Ask him. But I'm just saying, so now I'm really watching. And after about five minutes, the lights are coming brighter. And I didn't see anything at first. But after a few more moments, I saw a bat in the gym. Okay, why did I tell you the story? What are the odds of the bat flying in front of my face exactly when I said, Lord, do I always have to do this warfare stuff? Tell me what those odds are. Pretty slim. I'm suggesting there's a time for peace. And there's a time for war. And I'm suggesting for all of you, I, you know, I just know some of you kind of well, and some of you I don't know too well, but I'm suggesting there will come times when you will be prompted to put your belt on and grab your sword and get your shield And if you just, if you like Exodus 14, if you cry out to the Lord, he may say, pull your sword. You see what I'm saying? There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. We just want to do the right thing at the right time. You got that? All right, so here we go. Um, How do you want to do this? All right, then... um, if you don't have an idea, then I'm just, let's gather.
Chris has already told us 15, somewhere in 15 to 30 minutes. Could we have some music? Is there anybody left? Um, um, okay. All right. Let's, I, I, can we do this? And I'm going to ask you to not sit down and do this. But can you just gra- gather in groups of three, four, five, six, seven, and Chris will uh, guide us through this. In other words, we're going to pray somewhere for 15 minutes or just a little bit more, maybe. We'll see. But let's gather in groups. Just stand up. Everybody stand up. Find a group and just go get in a group. It can be a couple of people, but make it three, four, five, six, seven people and get in a group. And then, and then uh, we'll give you topics to pray over just for a few minutes, okay? But we're going to start with Elizabeth, okay? You got that? Uh, and I will say this. Um, I don't know. Timothy and Ty said... Um, They've given her the amount of morphine. Her pain is hard, okay? They've given her the amount of morphine that's commensurate with her body weight, and her pain is still like crazy number nine, okay? So we're, let's, pray, let's pray for Elizabeth for a few minutes. And, um, and I particularly want you to make some declarations. I want you to pray quote scriptures. I want you to, I don't want us to, yes, petition prayer is just fine because God told us to do that as well. But I want you, but but also quote scripture and make some declarations and proclamations. Okay, let's do it. And we'll guide you through this. Hmm. I need, actually, I need my sword here. You can look at me real quick. Don't ever say I don't have anything to pray because then what is this? So let's start with this. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Just begin to pray and release that over every person in your group right now, over yourself. Nothing, no plan of the enemy can succeed. If God is for us, who can be against us? We declare that over Tim Elizabeth right now. We declare it over Elizabeth's body. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We stand on that verse right now. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, if anybody you're praying with right now is experiencing any sort of health issue, just start praying and declaring over them. I don't care if it's a headache to foot injury to
not raise your hand up. Find someone. Keep it up until somebody comes. Tell them their name. Start prophesying. Prodigals are returning. The captain of the Lord. Cool. I'm going to read you one of my favorite verses as you do this. Just prophesy over it. for somebody in that right now. Declare it. Go for it. You have my permission to go in right now and declare sons and daughters return to the house. Return to the arms of the Father. I say a ring and a robe or a quick in your hands. Be in the ready position. Have a candle by night watching for them and wake up early each morning with clear vision. Be ready to receive
right now. Just bless this house. Just put protection. Protection over the leaders, over the staff, over over just every member. Over everyone in this house. We just say that we get off our land right now in Jesus' name. prophetic, it's easy. Because here's a prophetic word for every single person in here. Victory is assured in Jesus' name. Some of you need to hear that again. Victory is assured in Jesus' name. still praying with somebody, if you've got a word, if if you just need to keep receiving Saturday nights, big time family night, people are going to pray for you and love on you, and that's just where you're going to be. And Melody, you can stay up there for a minute. But here's where we're going to officially end, and whoever needs to go home got stuff to do. going to read this over, and if you want to pray this with me, don't just repeat it. Pray this with me. I'm just going to read Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil.